This is Witness Radio with Ryan Muniak, where you learn biblical evangelism from real-life encounters. Hey there. Welcome to Witness Radio. I am your evangelism teacher, showing you how to witness biblically by taking you through real-life witnessing encounters and by talking with other experts in biblical evangelism. Our feedback line is 513-900-8070, and the website is witnesstalkradio.org. Don't forget to subscribe to Witness Radio on your favorite podcast app. This episode of Witness Radio is brought to you by Audible. I know you like listening to stuff because you're listening to me right now. So go to witnesstalkradio.org slash audible and sign up for a free audiobook and 30-day trial today. Alright, today's interview is actually from over a year ago when I was at a gay pride festival and I came across this booth that was set up that was, well, interesting to say the least, but it was all about these Christians that were telling the gay community they're sorry for how they've been treated and how Christians have talked to them in the past. My interview is actually with the head of the booth. Her name was Heidi, and very nice lady, but I definitely had some concerns regarding what they were sharing at the booth. So as you listen to my interview with Heidi, I want you to think about what you would have said had you been the one to interact with her, and whether or not you think what she and the people at her booth were doing was right or wrong, or maybe there's some other alternative to what they were doing to address this issue. You're listening to Witness Radio. Heidi, we're at the Cincinnati Gay Pride Festival today, and your booth uh, just spoke to me, uh, for lack of a better term. It, It... I saw a bunch of signs. I'll try and describe it a little bit. You got uh, one sign that says, Jesus does not hate, pride plus faith. Uh, and then there's a picture of Jesus where it says, guys, I said I hate figs. Okay. Uh, and then there's, uh, you also have this giant board that says, what do you wish straight Christians knew? And there's just a bunch of stuff written all over here uh, of people's advice to straight Christians. So, Heidi... Tell us a little bit about what it is you're doing here and, and why. Yeah, well, thank you. So we are here at uh, Gay Pride in Cincinnati. We've done this event at different Pride events over the course of the last s- several years. Um, we're with an organization called Love Boldly, and I'm the president and founder of that organization. Our work is to bring reconciliation between the LGBT community and the Christian church. We're seeing the way that this is dividing churches, this is dividing families, um, and this is causing LGBT people to leave our churches, and we just feel very sad about that. And so, as an act of love and service to the LGBT community, we try to come out to events like this, make a public presence, apologize for the ways that Christians have mistreated, Uh, some in the LGBT community and just ask for their forgiveness and offer prayers, free apologies, um, free hugs, and just um, offer just our love and kindness to them in the name of Jesus. First question that comes to my mind is how has the response been to your booth? We've had an overwhelmingly positive response, which is usually the case. Um, There are sometimes people who are kind of curious and confused about what we're doing, um, but most of the time people are just genuinely touched 
We've had so many people just really thank us for being there, thank us for giving a voice to Christians in this environment that is positive and loving. Um, you know, a lot of times when people come to Gay Pride, the only thing they might hear from Christians is really mean messages from protesters. Um, God hates you, you're going to hell, these kinds of messages are what are the ways that they um, encounter Christ in these environments. And to me, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that we, have a, we serve a God who loves people and that he really wants them to experience his love. And um, unfortunately, that's just driving a wedge between people's understanding of who God is and who they are. Now, you, you said uh, regarding the protesters that there are people that uh, tell people that they're going to hell and stuff like that. Let me ask you, what does the Bible say? Aren't, aren't homosexuals going to hell? So organizationally, we really don't take a stance on what we think scripture says. Uh, for instance, on our, on our board, we have people on our board who think that gay relationships are sinful, and we have people on our board who think that gay relationships are blessed of God. And we are uh, intentionally modeling that kind of living and reconciliation with one another because we think that's the way that God is calling us to live, to love one another, to serve one another, even to serve our enemies. And I think that's the example that Jesus has given to us, and so that's just what we're trying to emulate. We really don't make it... Um, about any particular scriptures while we're here. Most of these folks here at this event have heard the six passages in the Bible that speak directly to homosexuality, and they've been used in ways that really have hurt and um, just driven them away from their faith communities. And so we're just trying to counter that in a way where we're just saying, you know what, whatever you believe, we believe you are made in the image of God and worthy of respect and dignity and kindness, and that's how we want to treat you today. Say someone comes up to you and they say, I want to go to heaven when I die, but I don't know how that all works. What would you say to, to that person, whether they're gay or straight? Yeah, so I mean, of course, it's the, it's the message of Jesus, right? That he came, he, um, he died for us in our place so that we can have eternal relationship with God and that we can be with him, united with him. And, you know, as an organization, we really talk about reconciliation, not just to one another, but also reconciliation to God, that we believe that this is the love of Christ that compels us to share. And so, I mean, I think what oftentimes Christians will get um, hung up on uh, what does get you into heaven or what keeps you out of heaven. And the truth of it is we all have things that are unresolved in our own lives that are sins that we're struggling with um, or even things that we don't even see as sin and that we might be totally unaware of. And, um, you know, for us, the message really isn't about sin today. It's just about loving people who have sometimes been dealt only hatred or unkindness in the name of Christ. Many of these folks, um, for instance, we had a um, young man who came and spent like over an hour at our booth. And he was just in tears because he said, you know what, My, I grew up in the, in the church, I've always loved Jesus, but I just don't know if he loves me. And it's just that message that people are getting in, in some faith communities that we just find so heartbreaking because we know the love of Jesus because we've each experienced it. And we want that to be the first thing that people meet when they encounter us. You have, again, this big board that says, what do you wish straight Christians knew? And I wanna ask, what do you, Heidi, wish straight Christians knew? I think the number one thing that I wish straight Christians knew about LGBT people 
in my own experiences of listening to these voices over the past eight years and trying to understand what it's like to live as a, as a LGBT or same-sex attracted person. I think just the number one thing I wish that straight, conservatively-minded Christians would know is that these are folks that are made in the image of God that he loves desperately. And sometimes, unfortunately, our efforts to be loving have fallen short. And, you know, we just want to encourage Christians to be a part of helping change that. I've seen people's lives change when they can encounter a God who loves them. And, um, and you know, when the first thing they meet isn't scripture that condemns them to hell. It's, it's just a way for us to show God's love. And I think oftentimes Christians, we're afraid to, to let our God's love extend from us because we're afraid that will maybe make us complicit in some kind of sin or that we will be endorsing something that we don't really believe in. And I think um, the fact of the matter is God said that he loved us while we were his enemies. And if scripture tells us that God loved us while we were still his enemies, and he calls us to love like he did, then I think we have um, a call to love everyone, all people, um, whether LGBT or straight, um, whether somebody who doesn't have a home or somebody who smells funny or that we don't want to let in our church walls, we have a call to love them like Jesus loved us and extend that love, whether or not those, those folks are going to be necessarily welcoming and loving back to us. And what I've discovered here is that the LGBT community is one of the most loving, kind, um, just full of, of joy communities. And we've seen that here today. Um, there's, for instance, one of, the, one of the most moving posts on our graffiti wall said, when I was um, 15 years ago, when I was in Sunday school, somebody called me a fag. And I never went back to church after that. But I just want to know, I want straight Christians to know that I forgive you. And I just am so challenged by that because I feel like if we can receive forgiveness for those kinds of things that we've done um, hurtfully and harmfully in the name of Christ, then we should be able to extend that to others as well. Do you think that there are people within the church that claim the name of Christ and say that they're Christian? But they're not really Christian. Do you think there's people who are faking it? I don't know that I could say, I don't know that I could know that, you know. I don't know that I can look at another person and know whether or not they really are living in full obedience to Christ in their life. I think that's a really difficult thing to determine for any person. Um, and I think the best that we can all do is to try to live um, in love and live like live in love like Jesus did, um, and try to, to to follow Him as Master and Lord. And I think um, we sometimes are. Um, trying so hard to be representatives of God to others that we will be quick to judge whether or not somebody else is being a good representative of God to others. And that's what I think grieves me the most and grieves, I think grieves the heart of God that, you know, we can be so quick to say who is a good enough Christian or who isn't a good enough Christian. And um, we forget that people are, we're all on a journey, that we're all growing in our, um, our hopes and our desires to become more like Christ. And so I don't know that I can really say whether or not somebody is a sincere Christian or not. I think that's something that only God can see inside and know. Do you enjoy listening to Witness Radio? Would you like to help us continue making great content for you? Then please visit witnesstalkradio.org audible and sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible. You'll get a free audiobook of your choice and you'll be supporting this show. Need a suggestion? 
How about Raising Godly Children in an Ungodly World by Ken Ham and Steve Ham? It doesn't cost you a dime, but it's a huge help to us, and you get a free audiobook out of the deal. So go to witnesstalkradio.org slash audible and start your free trial today. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. You had brought up there are passages in the Bible that people bring up to the homosexual community. Is, is that still okay to say homosexual community, or should I say LGBT So I think, I think what most people would um, prefer is for you to refer to them the way they refer to themselves. So if somebody says I'm gay, I would call them gay. If somebody says I'm a lesbian, I would call them lesbian, trans, trans, and so on and so forth. Um, some people, uh, I, I personally haven't known anyone within the LGBT community to call themselves a homosexual. Um, that term is often sort of seen um, offensively um, because it's often been used to kind of speak uh, condescendingly to them. Um, so, so I typically would say within the gay community or the LGBT community, that's, that's sort of the, the terms that I use um, just because I think that tends to include people in a way that feels safe and, and good for them. Okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't being uh, offensive to anyone uh, because I didn't know the right lingo. So. I think you bring up a really great point because, so this is the thing, as I think Christians, and, and I know for my own journey, I was I was raised Mennonite, I was raised extremely conservative, and so enter, and I'm straight, cisgender woman, like, I have no, I had no ties to the LGBT community before I became friends with somebody who was gay. And so I think there's this like real fear we're going to say something that's going to offend someone, right? And so then we don't say anything at all. And, and I think that's unfortunate because um, what I've seen is that the LGBT community is like so eager to hear from Christians. They want to hear that we're for them, that we love them, that even if we don't necessarily agree with their theological viewpoints or their moral decisions, that we love them and that we're willing to respect them as fellow human beings and that we believe that they're made in the image of God just like all of us are. And so I think um, we sometimes just hesitate whenever whenever we're in a uncomfortable zone, we hesitate to just even ask a question because we're afraid like you said, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to offend somebody. And there's so many great hearted Christians who are just are staying out of this dialogue because they're so afraid of hurting someone's feelings. And for those people, I would just really encourage you to just be bold, to just be willing to take that first step and realize how hard it is for somebody who's LGBT to come into your church or to talk to a straight Christian and the constant fear that's there about whether or not they'll be treated badly or judged harshly. And I just, so that's why I founded Love Boldly is because I want to invite these dialogues in a way that's safe for conservative Christians and LGBT members alike to come together and have real conversations. To be able to say, as you said, like, I'm not really sure what's the right term. Can you help me understand that? And for somebody to just very kindly explain to you, well, this is what's comfortable for me, you know? And I think we oftentimes aren't having those conversations because we're just so afraid it's uncomfortable to engage i mean i think it's just awesome that you're even here because i just uh there's not there there have been very very few conservative christians as you can imagine who have been out here at pride 
but we've got some with us today and they're willing to just say you know what I'm uncomfortable here but I just want to share the love of Jesus with people um, and we've gotten to pray with people and it's just been an awesome awesome experience going back to the verses that you were talking about that are in the Bible that people use um, I, I know I, I've used them before. Uh, for example, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 talks about uh, homosexuals. Uh, do not be deceived. Uh, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God, stuff like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on those particular verses specifically? Yeah, so I mean, I think it takes the, the diligent, thoughtful, kind Christian to really look at those scriptures. I, mean, I think it's really easy to say, oh, I know what I believe, and the Bible says that I believe it, that's the end of it, you know? But I think oftentimes when I hear people say that, and I say, well, what, what does the Bible say? They don't, they don't really know. They don't know the verses. I mean, I'm just very impressed that you quoted one of them to me right now, but most people can't really even to that point know what verses or how many. Most people are shocked to realize there are only six verses in the Bible that speak directly to homosexuality. And so for each of them, we could have an hour-long podcast probably and talk about the various theological interpretations of these six different verses. And, um, you know, I have some theological education in my background and um, know very many, lots of folks with PhDs and Masters of Divinities who have studied these verses, spent their whole career studying them. And you know what's very confusing is they come to different conclusions. And part of it is a language thing that, I mean, the word homosexuality literally did not exist until a little over 100 years ago. And so our translations of the Bible that have used that verse are using it because that's the closest thing they could come up with that matches the original language terms, right? And so a lot of people go back to the original languages, the original Hebrew, the original Greek, and really study those and try to understand in that context during that historical period of time, what did those words mean? And so there's a lot of, um, as you can imagine, disagreement about whether those terms were meant for, for people, as we understand it today, who have a sexual orientation towards the same gender, or if it was meant... Um, to be towards uh, folks who were participating in idol worship or folks who were participating in non-consensual pederasty. There's all kinds of interpretations on those verses. And I think what I just try to encourage people to do is really seek out the scriptures. Open your Bible, read the verses, um, and then read a couple of perspectives from a couple different per from a couple different viewpoints um, and try to be really faithful because I think it's hard to like self-critique and when we think we know something really really feel um, very solid in something to say you know what like I'm open to being challenged in this and my viewpoints may never change but I also want to understand what other people believe and that helps me to know what I believe even more strongly like I can engage these verses in a way that's not scary because it helps me to know what I believe and not just what I believe but why I believe it and if nothing else, I think understanding scripture and hearing the stories of LGBT people, I think it can just help us to grow in compassion towards one another as we grow to realize that some of these scriptures are, are a little less clear than what we might have originally imagined. And that's not to say um, I would never ever try to convince a conservative Christian to change their viewpoints on what they believe scripture says. What I really want to challenge people to do is to be willing to live in bold love towards one another, even when we fundamentally disagree with each other. And so I'll go into conservative faith communities and I, I'll tell them, you know what, I'm not asking you 
to think that gay relationships are blessed by God. What I want you to do is I want you to hear the voices of LGBT people and understand what it's like to be in the church and why these aren't safe places, why we're not creating sanctuaries for these folks and how can we learn to love uh, LGBT people, uh, minority groups of, of all different kinds in such a way that we're laying our life down for them as Jesus did for us. And so I think it's just kind of scary sometimes to do that, but I, I do believe that's what we're called to do as Christians. So, going back to that specific verse that I quoted, one of the things that I love about that passage of Scripture is verse 11, which comes after the, the list of, of sins. Mm -hmm. Verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You know, so it, it, that whole passage from 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it shows the, the whole gospel message right there. It, it shows that we have all sinned. We've all broken God's law, whether it's lying, stealing, lust, adultery, homosexuality, or, or whatever. It, we've all sinned. We've broken God's law. But there is hope in verse 11. You know, 9 and 10 says none of these people, basically nobody, deserves to go to heaven. Right. But verse 11 says, but you were washed, you were cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And I love that. It's good news. Uh, exactly. Because even though we were in 9 and 10 as thieves and liars and whatnot, we can go to verse 11. Right. We can get to verse 11 through Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed on the cross to pay for our sins, to pay for our transgression against God. And, you know, I, I love, that's why I love that passage. And, and I actually, uh, last year I came out here and I uh, talked to some people in the gay community and had them read that passage and said, you know, is that a loving passage? And, you know, it, it took them a, a little bit to calm down at first, obviously, but once they saw you know, that it, it wasn't, you know, just one particular sin, but all sin that it was condemning, and then said, you know, in verse 11, that there is hope. They were very happy. In, in fact, there was one girl who said, you have to be the most loving person I know of that's out here. And, and it blew me away um, because, you know, I wasn't pulling anything back. I wasn't hiding from what the, the Bible says. And, and I thought that was really neat. The children of Lima, Peru face many difficulties. Hunger, neglect, abuse, and most importantly, a lack of the gospel. Heart of Christ Ministries seeks to bring the gospel and to fulfill the other needs of the children. Please consider partnering with us. You can sponsor a child for just $25 a month, and there are many other ways to help. Please visit hofcm.org. You know you should read your Bible every day, but things just seem to get in the way. How would you like it if someone else did the reading for you? Bible 365 is a new podcast that reads your daily dose of scripture for you. There's no annoying chapter breaks to distract you or personal commentary to confuse you. Just listen to God's Word on Bible 365 and you'll get through the whole Bible in one year. Go to muniacfamily.com slash Bible 365 or find Bible 365 on your favorite podcast app. What would you say uh, to the people that, are, that will listen to this show? You know, one thing for them to take away, uh, one thing to take away from our conversation, what do you want to instill in them? 
I think the number one question that I would want uh, straight Christians to ask people is what have your experiences been like with straight Christians? Like if, if each person who knew someone who is lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, or who identified as same-sex attracted, if we would just be willing to just say to them, what is it like to be you? What is it like? What have your experiences been like with the church? What have your experiences been like with Christianity? I think we would be really surprised. I know I was, and I know when I started asking that question, I spent three years just asking that question exclusively, and the responses I received were so heartbreaking that it made me realize that we are failing as a church to show the love of Jesus. And whatever your theological persuasion, there's a way that we can live and love like Jesus. And I don't think that's getting translated to the LGBT community right now. And so I just would, I would just challenge people, if you have a gay friend or acquaintance or relative um, or parent or sibling um, or spouse, to just ask them very humbly in a very curious, honest um, way that tries to hear them to just say, what is it like to be LGBT and what have your experiences been like with Christians? And just listen. Don't offend. Just let them share because I think there's much to be shared there that, that we as a church need to hear and we need to be willing to say, you know what, I'm sorry and I need to repent. Because even if I didn't do that, my tribe did that to your tribe. And we need to be willing to say, you know what, I'm really sorry that that is the message you've received when people tell us about those really painful experiences that they've had. Right. And, and I, I've interviewed some who have given those stories. And, and I agree that there are people, there are some people out here that, that will uh, name the name of Christ and be very hateful with the message that they share. Sure. Um, while there may be some truth to the message, we are to share truth in love. We're not supposed to hide the truth, but we're also not supposed to neglect love. Uh, and, and that's one thing that, that I come out here for, is to share the truth of how people can go to heaven, how, can, how they can be saved, but to do it in a loving way, which we don't see a lot of in this day and age. And this, you know, this, this, the, when you really boil it down, none of us are worthy of heaven, <laughs> you know, and we, we sometimes think that we have to be a certain way or do certain things to be deserving of God's love, but the truth is that's not the gospel message at all. The truth is that none of us are worthy of His grace, but He gives it freely because He loves, and He loved us even when we were working against Him. The very first people that Jesus shared His message with after He raised from the dead were the very people who just nailed Him to the cross. And so if we can't live that kind of love, we've lost sight of our Master and Lord. Right. And for anyone who is listening uh, to the show and maybe you want to know how you can be saved well Jesus made it very clear you need to be born again and he said that in order to be born again you need to repent which means turn from your sinful nature and turn to God by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone and what he did on the cross you agree with that Heidi absolutely
You're listening to Windows Radio. So, like I said, Heidi was a very nice lady. But, again, there were some concerning things. One of them was that when I asked her how to get to heaven, she sidestepped the whole question. She sidestepped the gospel, which should be the first thing every Christian should know how to tell people is the gospel. She couldn't tell me that. That's a big red flag, because if you don't know the gospel, how can you be saved by something you don't know? Another thing that Heidi brought up is that there are hurtful and harmful things done in the name of Christ, but that doesn't mean that the people doing those things in the name of Christ are Christian. I mean, just ask a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon if they're Christian. They'll say yes. But the truth is, they're not. In fact, if you go to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 21, Jesus warns about this. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So not everyone who says they are a Christian is a Christian. As I mentioned earlier, Heidi sidestepped the question of how to get to heaven. Well, she also sidestepped when I brought up the Bible verses about homosexuality being a sin. She went around the question and just started talking about how God is loving and how we are to be loving to everyone and how everyone sins. She not only sidestepped it, but she tried to generalize sin instead of focusing on the sin of homosexuality or sexual immorality in general. And that's not a good thing because if you aren't specific with the gospel and what the Bible says, you can believe pretty much anything and say you're a Christian, which is what many people are doing. And that's why we have many people who profess Christ, do hurtful, harmful things in the name of Christ, but they're not really Christian. And another big red flag that I had with Heidi as we were talking is that she kept telling me to look at the scriptures, to look at the Bible through the interpretation of others. But when you do that, you are saying that man's view is more important than God's view. You're saying man's word is above God's word, that you cannot use God's word without man's word being over it, being authoritative over God's word. That's a big red flag. So what is my one big takeaway from this entire interview? Make sure you aren't the one being offensive. Just like when I was asking her, should I say homosexual community? Is that okay? She said, not really. That That's a, an offensive term. But if you say the gay community or the LGBT community, then it's okay. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't being offensive and turning people away from the gospel. Of course, the Bible does say that the gospel is offensive and that God's word is offensive, but that's all that should be offensive. If people get offended because of 
the Bible because of the gospel, that's fine. There's no problem there, at least not on my end. But if they are offended because I have done something offensive outside of sharing the gospel, then that's my fault. That's my problem. And I need to fix that, which is why I asked the question regarding the term homosexual. And the last thing I want to mention regarding this whole interview is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11 through 11, is an amazing passage to share with those who are in the gay community because it doesn't just focus on the gay community. It focuses on many other sins, showing them that we're not nitpicking, we're not just pointing our fingers at them, we're not being exclusive of just the gay community, but it also shows that there is hope found in the gospel, that they can be changed. They can leave their lifestyle of sin. If they want eternal life, they need to repent. They need to trust in Jesus. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11, I just want to read that for you real quick. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. It's an amazing passage. And if you want to hear me actually using that passage when witnessing to the gay community, I would encourage you to check out some previous episodes. I believe it's episode 72 or 73. I don't really remember. But go to the show notes at witnesstalkradio.org and you'll find different episodes regarding this issue as a whole. Some of the episode titles are a gay Christian Satanist I witnessed to while I was in New York. Furry fandom. There's a whole community of, of furries out there. That That's interesting. Love or Lust, the telephone game, which is a major point of contention in the gay community against Christians. They say that the Bible is passed down like a game of telephone. Listen to that. You'll find out the answer. Uh, Christian hate speech. That one, I think, is probably the right one if you're just looking for 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 11 being used in a gay community uh, scenario. But go to the website, check out the links to all those other episodes. Hopefully they will be a blessing to you. And if you want to learn more about how to address homosexuality or the gay community as a whole, I've linked to some helpful resources in the show notes. One is called The Homosexual War by Todd Friel. He talks about discussing homosexuality in church. How do you respond when a child comes out? What do you do when you come across gay people in, in the public? It, it's really good. He challenges you to really think about this issue and, and how to address it. Another helpful resource is the movie Audacity from Living Waters, where it's a, it's a scripted film, a feature film, so it's a about a Christian that's struggling to find his voice and how to address homosexuality in a in a right way, lovingly, truthfully, in spite of others' opposing views. And I would say this could be given to those in the gay community, but it would probably be better used 
for you or for other Christians who want to learn how to share the gospel with loved ones that are in an LGBT lifestyle. And one other helpful resource, this is kind of like a gospel tract, well, a little thicker. It's a little booklet by Ken Ham. It's called God's Word on Gay Marriage. This booklet really helps to explain that God's Word is where we get our standard of marriage and that if we continually redefine marriage by man's word, then there's no telling where it will end. We need to stand firm on God's Word. Another great little resource. And speaking of resources, before I forget, giveaway for the month of June 2017, I'm giving away a copy of Fat Chance, Why Pigs Will Fly Before America Has an Atheist President. Today is the last day to enter for your chance to win a copy of this book by Ray Comfort. Yes, the presidential election is over. It is behind us. Everybody wants to forget about it. But this book is still timely. It still addresses some major issues in politics and religion in general. So I encourage you to sign up and enter to win your copy before midnight if you're listening to this on June 30th, 2017. If it's after that, too bad, so sad, go buy the book because you can't win it anymore. Sorry. Okay, before I get out of here, I have some upcoming events I want to share with you. July 24th through the 27th, Answers in Genesis is putting on a huge conference in Florence, Kentucky called World Religions and Cults. Go to answersingenesis.org or link in the show notes to go and sign up for that. I will be there on behalf of Living Waters with Easy Emil Zwayne, the president of Living Waters, is going to be there speaking. August 3rd through the 6th is the annual Repent and Witness Urban Mission Trip from Christian Collegiate Network, or CCN. I love this mission trip. I try to go every single year. It's amazing. And you should go with me. Go to repentandwitness.com and sign up right away. August 11th and 12th is another conference. This one also in Florence, Kentucky. It's called the NOAA Conference. It's being put on by Generations Ministry. And I will be there on behalf of Living Waters with Emil Zwayne, easy. And just added, August 18th and 19th is the Embolden Conference being put on by Apollo Media. That's Carl Kirby Jr.'s ministry. Jr. as in Carl Kirby Sr.'s son. Carl Kirby is fairly well known in the apologetics community. His son is not as well known, but great guy. I encourage you to sign up for the Embolden Conference. Again, links in the show notes at witnesstalkradio.org. They are actually going to give away a gift if you register by August 15th. So go to the website, witnesstalkradio.org, find the show notes, and click that link to go over to their website and sign up. I will be there, and I want to see you there. All right, well, that's it for this episode of Witness Radio. I want to thank you for listening to another episode. And you can find the show notes, as always, at witnesstalkradio.org. While you're there, please let me know your thoughts about today's show. Don't forget to join me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm getting hip. I'm getting with it. Down with the newer stuff, kind of, maybe. Anyway, please share this episode with your friends on social media so that they can get equipped and encouraged to go out and share the gospel with others. So now that this episode is over, it's time for you to go. That is, 
to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. May God bless you. This show has been a production of the Muniac family. Please pray for us as we continue to minister in the tri-state area and around the globe with Christ-centered programs.